Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one audio source for Harry Potter news, theories, discussion, as well as info straight from the makers of the books and films themselves, like me, Matt Lewis. I play Neville Longbottom in the Harry Potter films, and I'm very happy to be here helping introduce your hosts, the Pottercast trio, Melissa, John, and Sue. We know, we know, (laughs) Slughorn is the head of Slytherin. Yes! Thank you. Welcome to Pottercast number 82. (laughs) Solved. We know. We solved. Know. Thank you for all your emails. There were only about three million of them. We said last week we weren't sure if Slughorn was the head of Slytherin. We were so wrong. You were so right. Thank you. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> awesome show. It's just me and you this week, Sue. I know. I know. But we miss John. But he's... We do. He's traveling. Yes. He's a traveling man. Traveling man. Traveling man. Yeah. We'll sing. Okay, sorry. I won't sing this early for everybody. Okay. In the show this week, we have another mailbag. Yay! It's just you and Kristen, right? It's like an all-girl Pottercast besides, like... <gasps> you know? Besides well, the canon conundrums. Besides Steve. Yeah. We have Steve. He's around. For Cece, which is a good one. Interesting. Yeah, this one is about... The centaurs. The centaurs and what they're going to do in book seven. And mailbag, what did you and Kristen talk about? You know, we talked about getting emails to staff. We get a lot of emails, a lot of really good questions. So Kristen and I answered a lot of the ones that you asked the most frequently. I mean, not just... Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Sort of knock all those big questions out of the way Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes. Awesome. And the centaurs, I have to say, I didn't think think that much was going to come out of that conversation, but... I, it might be one of my favorite canon conundrums we've ever done. So, before we get into this week's show, let's hear from our friends at Borders. Today's Pottercast is brought to you by Borders. Prepare for the upcoming release of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows by catching a glimpse of where it all began. During the month of April, you can purchase Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on DVD for only $14.99 at Borders. Also, be sure to, re- to reserve your Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows at Borders at 40% off and get a free sticker. Choose from Trust Snape or Snape is a very bad man. I, I told you I need, I need two. I need one on each yes. side. I got to walk around with them on July 20th. <laughs> that is so... And I have to say, you know, not to, to point out one retailer over another, but that is one very clever marketing campaign, I have uh, yeah, to say. Because really <laughs> it's quirky and funny and in the spirit of the, of the Harry Potter fans, you know what I mean? It truly not, does. Not that they're our sponsor or anything. No. <clears throat> no, not at all. We're not kissing their butt. No, okay. <laughs> so, uh, quick announcements. Please vote for us at Podcast Alley. Please dig us on dig.com. Mm-hmm. All those links are in the show notes. We have some great charity efforts going on. HarryPotter7.com is our, res- our online fan resource for all things Deathly Hallows. We are collecting for Book Aid International through July 21st. Please head over there and help us out. Also, one person who donates $5 or more will, will be receiving a full signed 12-CD Wizard Rock EP of the Month Club set, so. which is impossible to get otherwise because some of these bands only exist on MySpace. Yes. <laughs> so, and, and no, it's a really wonderful effort. WizardRockClub.com You go there, you get pay $50, 4 bucks a CD, and you get 12 CDs of all exclusive material and you get them every other month mm-hmm. just in the mail like subscribing. You know, it's, it's wonderful. All the proceeds are going to First Book, which is another literacy charity. Yay. Bravo. 
We will be at Phoenix Rising on May 17th. We're doing a live podcast to open Phoenix Rising in New Orleans. You can you can register for that convention at thephoenixrises.org. We're also doing a trip to Habitat for Humanity while we're out there, and details on that are forthcoming. During our live Phoenix Rising podcast, we will be having Matt from the Matt, who is the Whomping Willows. I always say Matt from the Whomping Willows. Yeah. Matt, who is the Whomping Willows, and Brian from Draco and the Malfoys will be performing acoustic sets with their their new material debuting some new stuff um i think debuting during our show and it's gonna be lovely yes and i think that's it for announcements this week yeah that's a lot though shoo i can't wait to do that habitat for humanity i just the idea of the three of us out there with our little (laughs) pulling on our construction boots and knocking we're gonna take some fun pictures too it'll be fun so everybody who Um, wants to help out please to come i just think that's fabulous yeah we gotta work out some logistics because um there's not enough room in cars so we have yeah. to figure out exactly how we're going to get people down there. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep you posted, but keep it uh, keep it as an option if you're going to be there, and we will. There, there's a lot of fun in it for you. We we might have some fun announcements about Phoenix Rising uh, coming in the next few weeks as well. So keep your fingers crossed for that. So why don't Sue you give us some news? Potter fans, there is great news this week for we have 784 reasons to be happy. 784 pages of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, that is. As Scholastic, the U.S. publishers of the Harry Potter series, made the announcement this week that the last book will contain this many pages. This will make Deathly Hallows the second longest of the series, falling behind Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, which had 870 pages, and also slightly edges out Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which contains a close 734 pages. Also this week, both UK publishers Bloomsbury and the US publisher Scholastic announced their intent to publish this last book on force-friendly papers. In particular, Scholastic announced that, quote, 65% of the 16,700 tons of paper used in the U.S. first printing will be certified by the Forest Stewardship Council, the global standard setter for responsible forest management. This historic commitment is the largest purchase of FSC certified paper to be used in the printing of a single book title, end quote. As announced previously, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows will be released on July 21st, 2007. There was also a major announcement this week from the world of films as well, as Warner Brothers hasn't announced that actors Dan Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson all have officially signed and will be continuing on in their roles as Harry, Ron, and Hermione for the last two Harry Potter films, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince and Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. This announcement puts an end to the rampant speculation that Emma Watson would be departing the series with Emma saying, quote, I could never let Hermione go. She is my hero. I love her too much and love what playing her has meant to me. I am excited and honored to be finishing what I started in playing her in all seven of the films, end quote. Production is slated to begin later this summer on the sixth Harry Potter film, Harry Potter and Half-Blood Prince, which is scheduled to be released in November of 2008. And speaking of Mr. Grint and Miss Watson, Cards, Inc. has now released some new images of the upcoming action figures they are releasing before Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix at Cedars this summer. You can see the Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger action figures, as well as all the new toys and products due this summer via our galleries. Also, there's a brand new video interview of actor Dan Ratcliffe now online as he appeared on the Friday Night with Jonathan Ross program over the weekend in the UK. And now you can watch this via our extensive video galleries. Parents, please note that this appearance by Mr. Ratcliffe does contain some mature language and is not suitable for younger viewers. 
Well, for much more on these stories and all things Harry Potter, you can click on www.leakynews.com, which is updated daily with the latest. And back to the show we go. 784. Oh, it's not the thousand that I was hoping for. It wasn't a trillion pages it's close, long, but <laughs> you know, close. I'll take it. I'm happy. I'm still going to bring a little luggage cart just to make a statement. I'm going to put the book on the luggage cart. And I'm going to carry it out of the store like that. I think so. That'd be fun. That would be really cool, actually. Just, you know, no, there's no reason to do that at no. all. But, you know, but I wanted it. I mean, yeah, yeah, I did want a big giant book like order, but I'm really happy that it's between because Half Blood Prince, I felt it was enough, but I just, I wanted to keep turning Me pages. Too. Me too. You know? Especially towards the end. I wanted to know more, especially about that whole background of, of the Gaunt family and stuff. I mean, those chapters, I thought she could have just taken out a little bit more. I know that's surprising, but I just, I love those. I just thought there were some. So this is good. So it's a little bit more than Half Blood Prince, but I still, I mean, how in the world we keep marveling, how is she going to get it all into just 784 pages? Just think about it. It's been a year and a half and we aren't out of things to discuss on this podcast. A year and a half, people. Wow. More than that because we're, we're inching on a hundred now. That's true. Wow. Ugh, it's crazy. Wow. But I can't wait. So that's good to know. And it, all those 12 million copies that Scholastic is printing are going to be printed on recycled paper, too, which I do commend. Well, did they say recycled oh, or, or um, it's like environmentally friendly right. or, you know, there must be some process. I, whatever. They're doing good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I truthfully don't understand that. Bloomsbury as well is doing the same thing. So I just think this is early to be commended. So good for them. You know, I'm really, that's really great. I'm really glad they're doing it. It's wonderful. Why did it take till book seven to get here? <laughs> I don't know, because that's an awful lot of book copies. I mean, there's... It's like something like ton, millions of tons of paper. Yeah. Like, it's a ludicrous amount of paper. I'm really happy they did it. Hey, bravo. But this should have happened, I think, when they realized it was a big yeah, thing. Yeah, you know? a couple books back, especially before Phoenix. I mean, because that thing's so... <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> you know? The paperback is like, you know, I use it like as a bookend because it's so... It's like a little brick. It's so big. Boom. And we had another bit of news for all you Emma Watson fans. Well, it's the whole trio, yes, right? Yes, all three of them. Signed, sealed, delivered, They're baby. Boom. We know, see, but like, we knew. Like, people, if you've been following the fandom for a yeah. while, you sort of you sort of knew yeah. <laughs> this is where things were going. But it's always nice to get the official confirmation. It was. That, after that tabloid thing, we must have gotten a zillion reports and we're like, no. Yeah. So I was just glad to get it all officially out there from Warner Brothers. So I was thrilled. This is extraordinary. Has this ever happened in another series of this length? Oh, I don't know. You have like Lord of the Rings, but that's a whole different well, thing. Well, and even the Star Wars thing, because they had different characters. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you couldn't get the originals back after all no, that time. I mean, so the, I think this is pretty amazing, actually. And uh, honestly, I'm going to make a prediction right here, right now, okay. Sue. The entire Harry Potter cast will come back for the last two films. I don't think we're going to lose. Uh, you know, I, I'd agree with that, too. I'll, I'll make that prediction with 99% you. 99% of them are signed already. Oh, it's just a matter of them announcing yeah. it. This is what happens people sign things months and months and months later somebody says something in the press and all of a sudden they have to make an announcement they'll be good they're gonna be back like you know for example there's all this concern now is tom felton gonna come back as draco well he had said on leaky we had back in august of last year an interview he did when he was at that fishing tournament you know i mean he's already talking about book seven i mean that far ahead that he was looking forward to it yeah he'll be back he said that he wants to come back just consider yourselves having the scoop yes yes We'll be back. Yes. You can email us if we're wrong. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure you yeah. will. <laughs> <laughs> so is that the big news for this you week? You know, that, I think those are the two big news. But there's one other thing that happened this week that kind of made me mad. And, and this is a minor story. But the, some kids smashed the windows on the Hogwarts Express. And that kind of thing 
makes me very sad. I know that they're going to repair it, but the police are asking for help. So anyone in the UK that might have known. Who would do that? I don't know. I just... You know, that's like stealing candy from a child. I, I don't know. That's like telling people you don't believe in fairies. That's, oh, that's idiot teen stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Kids wandering around. Yeah. Oh, look what I can do. I can break the Hogwarts. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've all made stupid... At least I did when I was younger. I meant... But I didn't do anything. Break any windows like that and stuff. But... Right, exactly. We all made stupid mistakes. I but, mean, come on. You know, so, vandalism. Yeah, not so good. Yeah. So. The big news of the week, though, had to have been... The trio settled and the book. I just... Why, why do you think so? Why do you think page count is such a big, a big deal for us? I think publishers sort of scratch their heads that we care so much. Well, because it, in our heads, fans like to say, well, okay, we have this X amount of number that we can go for. So she can break it up to give us more on like the main plot. I don't know. I guess it's because they, we're trying to guess how much stuff like our not just main stories but the other things are going to be in there like the little shippers oh we should do this so, I mean, we were joking about how many pages you know will be dedicated to snape or how many pages will be dedicated to <laughs> when ron and hermione like, finally get together <laughs> or something just can't wait <laughs> sorry sorry okay just me but you know what i'm saying that's what fans obsess- that's not just you it's not just you at all <laughs> you know but i just think the fans like to to know everything i mean that's the big joy at least has been to me has been the not knowing and guessing and theorizing and trying to break the little clues down so does that make any sense i don't yeah it do- yeah it does it's just so, it's so it's so different on publishers yeah. they, they're not used to people <laughs> caring so yeah. much you know oh my gosh we have 784 ah you know but if you notice it is a multiple of yes and it starts with the number seven too i was all excited number seven there it is <laughs> i don't know if she was aiming I sure <laughs> gotta make it to seven gotta make it to 700 <laughs> Just, just because. because to make all the psychos <laughs> out there happy I don't it just was fun and that's the, that's the great joy of our fan and that is the one the, the little fun quirky things like that that just you know it's ridiculous and it's a silly statement but it finds such joy in those little okay. well why don't we go find joy in yes, those okay. podcasts we have that mailbag we have kind of conundrums and another edition of Scribby 5 which got a great reception yes, last did. week uh, the girls are talking about some of the f- most mm-hmm. favorite essays and going to discuss them a little bit in five minutes so let's do that yeah. we'll see you at the end I can't do it in mailbag. <laughs> it's mailbag time. Hey, guys. Mailbag. This is Kristen. And this is Sue. And we're here to bring you this week's mailbag. Now, we're doing it a little bit different this week. Instead of mm-hmm. taking call-ins, we're actually going to read you some of our mail that we get on a daily basis. Yes, because... Lord knows we don't get any mail at Leaky at all, do we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm going to do a tally one of these days. Okay, Sue, do you want to start with the first question? Sure. I'm sorry to bother you, but does anyone at Leaky know where I can pre-order a copy of the special edition of Deathly Hallows? I checked Barnes & Noble, and they didn't have that option, and I didn't see it on Borders either. You know, I love easy questions like this. It makes me feel smart. (laughs) Um, Amazon has this for pre-order. Ooh. Now, probably, Sue, we got a question a lot. People want to know what the special edition is. Do you actually have any of the special editions? I don't own them myself, but I do know about them. I've, I've admired them in the store, and I, I'm ordering one this time. I actually pre-ordered it through the, the link at our Cauldron Shop. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. a good point to bring up. I sent people to Amazon, but you can actually go through the Leaky Cauldron and mm-hmm. order through Amazon or a couple of different sites. Um, right. Let me bring that up and I'll tell you which ones. But if you order through us, we get a little bit of credit. So it helps to keep Leaky up right. and running, which is nice. 
And right. you can get right. the, you can pre-order book seven, you can pre-order the special edition, or you can mm-hmm. order any of the previous books. Right, right. We have, we have them all in our shop from, from Amazon. I think some are from Scholastic too. But. Yeah, let's see. We have um, A Books, Amazon, Scholastic. So hit the site. If you're not in the U.S., that's not a problem. We have a link for our British readers and oh, um, yes. French and Canadian and I believe German. Right. Now, we don't have the dates on all of those yet. I know that'll come up. Oh, but we don't know, but you can pre-order them. A lot of them have all put their pre-orders up. You know, one thing I want to answer while we're talking about the special edition is that, yes, we got some the last time that Scholastic announced their big, you know, there will be there will soon be seven campaign. They released a little bit about the new deluxe edition that's that you can pre-order. And it, it's it's kind of like it was before. It has all the different pages of um, Mary Grand Prey's artwork that she does in the u.s mm-hmm. edition which yeah. yeah yeah i love her she, stuff it is it's beautiful so and it'll have a special like a special um slip case i guess that's what they're called so that, that should be nice oh wow that's cool you know it's interesting we get emails we get a lot of emails about i don't like mary grand prix i like yeah. blank people are yeah. very devoted to the artwork um they are you know, depending on which country they're in. I personally love Mary Grand Prix, but that's what I've always read. It's interesting. You know, it's really cool because in our galleries, we have all the different covers from all the different, you know, like like the Denmark and all the different ones that always get always, you know, comments. It's so amazing to see all the different interpretations of, you know. Oh, you, you know, it's yeah. really cool. The German ones. <laughs> You're right. With the tiny <laughs> glasses on Harry. I totally dig those. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Okay, we're not mocking any other international artists. No, just let me know. I love them all. Okay, (laughs) next question. Hi there. Do you know when there will be a complete CD set coming out? All seven books in one go. I never had this question. I kind of wonder if they're going to do this. I mean, everyone I know who, who is into the CDs has bought them all along. Right. And they right. were so expensive, totally worth it. But I right. can't really imagine, you know, turning around and buying a whole complete set. I, I don't know. Do you think that they would do something like this? Well, you know, I mean, I can see why they why they do like this special box set of of the books. You know, they'll put it in a special slipcase for um from you know, perhaps there'll be some revisions down the line. I think Joe said she'd like to go back and like maybe do some slight edits, but not change the content, just some slight edits. So I can see them doing that. But in terms of the audiobooks, no, I just, I mean, I can't see why, why would you want to do that? I mean, unless they just want to put it in a special different case. Right. Um, right. But I just, I really, I really don't foresee them doing it. Like you said, the, the, I think it would just be too cost prohibitive, really. I mean, because a lot of them are just... Like forty or fifty dollars a piece, you know. Oh yeah, in U.S. Yeah. dollars, I you know, I mean, some are even more. So we get a lot of people who write in, you know, like the artwork. People are very devoted to the different editions, and a lot of people don't realize right. that there's actually two editions. We have the right. um, Jim Dale reads the American version, mm-hmm. and um, Stephen Fry reads the one for the British market. Yes. And they're both really excellent in their own way. I mean, Jim Dale does the fantastic voices for every single character. And Stephen Fry is just so wonderful to listen to. He's got such wonderful timing. You know, he really does. I enjoy each of them is very unique. They're both they both are actors and and you can talk about how your preferences and how they deliver it, but it's just it's really neat to hear each of them deliver 
the book. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, 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 luckily, from a courtesy of Julia, a friend, and I was able to hear both editions of one book and in the same book. And it's a fascinating, oh, it's just yeah. thrilling. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. But And I heard Jim Dale speak down at, uh, let's, let's see, Politics and Prose, which is this great oh, bookstore in D.C. It, it is. is. He, it was jammed. It was just, it was funny because I ran into another leaky staffer there I didn't know was coming. And I actually had not met in person, but she had a t-shirt uh-huh. on. I'm like, don't I? Do you work for Leaky? <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> That's um, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was hysterical. Um, wow. But yeah, he was just, he was amazing. So yeah. And and we do, although we do not know if Mr. Dale is going to be for sure doing it. Uh, we would kind of assume he is. We had, right. Although there has been no official announcement. They do have, um, the audiobooks though by Mr. Fry are available for pre-order, but we still don't know anything yet. You know, it would be really unusual for Jim Dale not to do it. Yeah. I just kind of think they haven't gotten around to announcing it. But um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, and we we get a lot of questions on that. So I mean, I mean, Scholastic just announced their campaign for their overall campaign, so I just think it's coming. You know, yeah, it just wasn't high on their thing to, to well, put out right away. We get a lot of emails from folks who are in, who are vision impaired. And um, they really rely on the audiobooks, so they're wondering when it's going to come out. In in Great Britain, typically there is some lag time. I want to say it's as much as, gosh, right. isn't it like six weeks or more, Sue? It, yeah, it had been in the past. Yes, right. that's quite true. Um, typically in the past, all of the American versions have been released on the day of. So. Right. Um, for any of the folks who are listening who rely on the audiobook to get their Harry Potter fix, you know, you might consider keep an eye on Leaky. We'll certainly announce when the Jim Dale version comes out. And right, as right. Sue said, it hasn't been confirmed, but I would be very surprised if they didn't do it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, he's just so marvelous. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they were. It's, it'll. I mean, we can't say for sure, like you said, but right, you're really good. I can't wait to get him. Oh, me either. I love them. They're so good on road trips. You know, they really are. And, you know, I play it for my, my little boy and we listen to it. It's just, it, it it's so, and it brings a whole new light to him too. I mean, I know that sounds strange, but sometimes when you hear people reading it loud, so you just you get another picture in your head that you have when you're reading it. I don't know how why, how to describe that, but it actually does work. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny um, where I work. One of my coworkers was going on vacation with her family. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if her son's listening, but if he is, hi, Peter. Um, they hi. and she borrowed. This was a couple of years ago. She actually borrowed like the first four books from me on uh, CD, oh, and cool. um, she and her husband and her son fought over them the whole time on the trip. <laughs> her husband was going off on a business trip and asked if um, he apparently just took <laughs> off with them. So. They're they're fantastic. Wow. They really are. Okay, let's see. Yes. Uh, oh, now question? this is a big one. I know that we've we've even just got more of this. Yeah, we get like this question every day. We do. And can you tell me the difference between the children and the adult covers? And does the adult cover of the book have an additional content? You know what? I would love to say that the adult version has additional content, <laughs> but sadly, that is not the case. No. Here's my understanding of the differences. Apparently, there are some, and I'm doing air quotes here, grown-ups out there that don't feel quite comfortable taking the children's edition on their commute to work. And these are the UK ones. We should point this out. The American ones don't have that. Yes. Yes. The Americans do not have, we do not have an adult edition. 
Um, so they put these out and they're, they're actually really nicely done. I personally recommend the, you know, the original editions for the wonderful artwork, but these are very nice too. There's yeah. no different content. The only difference is in the actual cover art. And if you want to see those, I think, Sue, don't we have those in our cauldron shop? We, we do. We actually do. We have them. And I, I was, I was thrilled. I just got as a gift for my birthday present, actually, was uh, a copy of Hapla Prince in, in paperback. We have those in, um, it was the UK children's paperback. And it's, it, I just love it. It's just, their colors are vibrant. They're different than the Mary Grand Prix that from, put out by Scholastic. But I just, I really enjoy the, the artwork mm-hmm. on this. And it's just, it's neat to have to have both. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just, there, there's absolutely no different inside. Nothing. Although that does oh, bring right. up, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of folks collect different editions. I mean, I have, yeah. I actually just have two. I have the American hardbacks and the British hardbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but some, a lot of people out there collect from many different countries and many different editions. So that might be something that would interest interest in people you know it's true and and you can get them here in the united states i know that there's um say because there's some sort of legal thing that you can't order directly from bloomsbury but i got one from our canadian friends the raincoast ones that are in our shop you can get the uk versions if you want to do it that way too i know that's sometimes people kind of i know we're not saying you can it's it's open and it's legal you can just (laughs) buy those copies (laughs) people are like she's a troublesome hufflepuff (laughs) lawbreaker no. <laughs> Although, you know, that that actually brings up a good, we don't actually have that as a question, but it's worth mentioning. There are differences in the American editions and the British editions. Ah, yes, there is. Yes. Now, that's a good one. That is. There are. And actually, if you want to see those, if you go to our affiliate site, the mm-hmm. HP Lexicon, they yes. have some fantastic pages devoted to the differences in the American and the British editions. Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm actually at the lexicon. That is, if you guys haven't visited that before, you've got to. Um, yeah. You'll be in good company because Joe has said she that does. she visits them. Her natural home, I think she called <laughs> when, it, right? When she forgets a fact, that's hp-lexicon.org. Mm-hmm. Differences between British and American versions. This is excellent. Let's see. Letter boxes in the British version are mailboxes oh. in the American. Oh, there you go. Q. <laughs> which is a darling word, and I think that we should use that here. I think we should start a movement right now, Sue, that people should yeah. use Q instead of line. Q, line. I queue up for something. I like queue that. Queue up. It's yes. darling. I think that's it a great word. <laughs> it here, is. Here's a fun one. Pop my clogs in Britain <laughs> means kick the bucket in American. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, and they have a page like this for every book, which is a lot of fun. So yeah, go and check that out. It. I agree. That's really fun. That I like the different expressions, but though that appeals to me. I want to go to the UK very badly, and I would love to hear people actually say that, although I don't know how much people actually go around. <laughs> Did you hear that? He popped his clubs. I don't know. It's kind of fun. I'm going to start <laughs> saying it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I think we should move on, maybe. Okay. Our, our next question, actually, this comes from Gloria, who is 14. Gloria would really like to be an extra in the Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, and she wrote to us to try to find out how. Ah, yes. Um, common question. common question. We get this quite a bit. We actually don't, as we frequently tell people, we don't actually cast the films. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> we do, though. Anytime there's any casting information that's released, we do post that to Leaky. Right. You know, often there's open calls for looking for extras. 
Right. Well, like example for Luna, the part of Luna that was a huge oh, thing. Yeah. We had yeah, definitely. lots of news stories and coverage on that. That was that was kind of a rarity, but we do we will post that. You're right. Um but no, not and although we have our own opinions on who they should ask <laughs> too. <we laughs> right. Uh, WB doesn't listen to us, strangely enough. <laughs> now not to discourage any of our um American listeners, but in general in the past, they have always tried to cast People of the same nationality as the characters in the books. So, you know, this is why you don't see an American Harry Potter, um, a German Hermione. They they've really tried to stick by that, which I think is which I think is great. So that's not to discourage anyone. You should certainly if you have an interest in that, pursue it. But hey, just saying, just throwing that out. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I know that people have been anxious and they all went apart. But, you know, I know this is. It is upsetting to a lot of American kids that want to be in the movies, and it's just, right. but that's just a decision they made very early on. And- well, you know, and the reason I said I, I think that's kind of cool, we, we actually get, we get a fair number of emails from upset people who are not, you know, for the most part, the, the people in the films are British. Um, right. You know, but then there's, depending on the, car- the nationalities, there have been some French, um, Bulgarian, lots of different nationalities, but Right. There's, I think it's great that they do that because there's so many, so often in American roles, they just kind of, or in American films, they'll just stick someone in and have them fake the accent. And it, it just, I frequently think it does not work. So I'm right. I think this adds an air of authenticity, which I'm, I'm pleased. Right. Right. Although I'm sure, you know, as I'm a deep fan of Bridget Jones, that I know a lot of people had a problem with, you know, Renee Zellweger being cast as Bridget. But, you know, so it works on both sides of the pond, people. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah, they do insist on well, I mean, trying to I'm cast more authentic. positive so. that, you know, if they opened it up to anyone, we would receive an equal number of emails from people disappointed that they have allowed, you know, that they've cast Americans in certain roles. So. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. I think that's what I was trying to point out about Bridget. Absolutely. Although I think she's a fabulous actress and one of my favorite movies. But yeah, so okay. And to get myself out of that hole, I'll move <laughs> along to our next question. I think we have time um, for one more question. Yeah, I know. Although we can answer this simply, it's a long question, but it says they love all the features and our new resources that we have. We have our new fan art gallery and the quiz section, essays, and everything. The only problem is that my computer and internet connection are not that fast. Therefore, it can be a lot of times, it can be hard to go around your site, like to get your news. Is Do you have any suggestions for me? Actually, this is another, yeah, like as you said, this is an easy question to answer. Okay, if you go to the main Leaky site, look under news for the text only link. Or if you have problems connecting to the main Leaky site, you can go directly there. It's www the-leaky-cauldron.org, same address as our main site. Mm-hmm. Add on, though, a slash I-N-D-E-X-T dot P-H-P. This takes you to our text-only site. We have no graphics on this. It's just the news. Yay. And and another, my, my, my favorite one, speaking of news, because you know I'm a bit news obsessive <laughs> is that we also have it on a scaled down version for your phones. We have oh, a very yeah. cool mobile one, mleakynews.com. 
m.leakynews.com for your phone when it should, and it can pop up on your phone. It's a low, there's no, it's low graphics and you can use that. I just love it. And I think too, we just put our scribulous, we have a text for our, only for our scribulous, our essays, which I know that people, those, and those tend to be a lot of, some of them can be fairly lengthy. And uh, so we're getting there. We, we hear you. <laughs> well, we've, I can talk forever. Should we, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. We could go on and like, on, but we'll save everyone the pain of listening to it and we'll stop now. <laughs> um, if you'd like to contact Pottercast, you mm-hmm. can um, reach us in several ways. Mm-hmm. You can Skype us at Pottercast. Our username is just Pottercast. Mm-hmm. For voicemails in the U.S., you can dial 702-42-LEAKY. That's 702-42-53259. In the UK, you can dial 020-7193-2872. And finally, you can email us at staff at pottercast.com. Great. Yay. Excellent. There's, so there's many ways to owl us and contact us. So we enjoy hearing from you. And I know our lovely Miss Kristen here will get back to you with a lot of your questions. So, or we'll answer them here on Pottercast. So there you go. Well, I think that'll do it for this week. I think maybe we should get... John and Melissa back in here, and I'll, so we can go talk about shopping. How about that? <laughs> Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? Well, welcome to another Canon Conundrums. This is number 82. Wow. 82. Wow. That is a, like a huge number. So the question is, what, what role are the centaurs going to play in Deathly Hallows? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And uh, is that role that they're going to play kind of mirror their role in book one? You know, it's so funny because I, I'm thinking about centaurs, and the first thing that came to my mind was was book one, of course, with, with right. Frenzy and all this stuff. And then for some reason, I started to think about the, the uh, Fountain of Magical Brethren. Yeah. Because of everything that there is in, you know, fantastic beasts and all these creatures and all these things. Right. The ones that make it into the fountain are the centaur, the house elf, and, and uh, you know, the witch and the wizard. So what is it about those particular creatures which is so important? Exactly. You and know, goblins. I, Sorry, goblins in there too. Right. They must have some. I mean, we know that they're magical, but I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that's pretty, pretty amazing because those are pretty special to Harry, especially at the end of... You know, Order of the Phoenix too. So, so so those particular creatures. We know house elves have been like totally, totally running the. Well, we know that they have some sort of unexpected, impossible. They can do magic nobody else can do. They're incredibly powerful. I still haven't figured out how Dobby could stop mail and over weeks and things like this. Yeah. So you've got them. You've got the goblins who basically control the entire economy. And That's then you true. have centaurs, which all they do is hang around in the woods and say strange things like Mars is bright tonight. So no, they about- seem to they seem to have a, a strong dominion over over the stars and divination. They seem to have a communion with with the stars, um, and it's 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 interesting because you have the house elves who are, I would imagine, are 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 really close to doing the the grunt work the the earthy kind of work you mm-hmm, have the, 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 the goblins right. Do, right the goblins doing the money the um ma- the wizard and the witch taking care of 
um, human matters, and then the sky is left up to the center. So I feel like they, they sort of got the different spheres of life in the magical oh, world. That's interesting. I, you know, cause it's, I was just going to say, I didn't see where the centaurs fit into that. The other one seemed so practical, you know, house elves and mm-hmm. goblins and witches and wizards. And then there's centaurs, which just sort of seem connected to nothing at all having to do with reality. Even, even, uh, Ferenzi says he doesn't expect humans to get it and centaurs probably get it wrong. So, yeah. but that's right. interesting. Well, it seems to be just so infinitely complex, mm-hmm. their levels of understanding that they just either they're either they're getting it wrong or the thing their understanding can't be correctly translated to human words and human human life. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just this otherworldly feel. Has, has Joe ever said anything about lifespan of centaurs in her world? No, no. Mm-mm. Or is it, are, are, I'm just wondering whether a centaur lives very, very long or whether they just have this collective consciousness kind of thing going on. You know, I mean, it's just interesting to me, to me how, too, through the books, they're kind of played the, this part, you know, to show kind of the contrast, especially between Trelawney's version of divination in the future right. and mm-hmm. and and theirs. And it just was so marked. And it seemed like by Hapa Prince... Where where'd they go? You know, I mean, it would. You know, we we had talked. I know. Remember, we had talked before about how like Trelawney's predictions were actually kind of pretty accurate in Hapla Prince, you know, with the tower and the cards and all that. But we didn't mm-hmm. really hear too much about them, even though in the other books they kind of played a part. And I just I found that was kind of curious to me. I don't. I don't know. That's true. They show up at the end at the funeral, but that's about it. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. do you think do you think Ferenz was in the background helping Dumbledore? You know, that's a good question, actually. I, I, I think so. I think that... You know? You see, because Dumbledore's another one. He's sort of, he's sort of part centaur, you know? He's got that, that <laughs> wisdom to him as well. But you, <laughs> Without yeah. the horse bits. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's a really good point. And the thing is, he really protected them, too. I mean, because, right. you know, especially the Umbridge and all those... There was people in the ministry that wanted... I mean, they're still classified as... I mean, they're not magical beings, beings, right? That's they're their like, choice. Right, but they, oh, well. Yeah, I, lo- I love all the little snide comments in Fantastic Beasts about the centaurs and about how annoyed they get at the meetings when they refer to as beings. They, like, walked out of the, yeah. the, the meetings, and it, it's great. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just awesome. They just refuse. They ref- but it's, it's what they are. They refuse to take part. You know, Trelawney waffles on about not coming down to the mundane world because of how it, it, it muddies her eye, et cetera, et cetera. But that's how the centaurs live. They, mm-hmm. they are very specifically on purpose apart from matters of human life so that they don't get in the way of this communion they have with the heavens. Right. And, um, and then know? for some reason, they recognize that something big is happening focused on hearing. Mm-hmm. That's what, the way they're talking. They know that that's sort of a crux point and don't know how to deal with it because it's very specific. It's this person, they, it's this event that's happening, and that just doesn't fit with their worldview. Well, they and also so, have, most of them at least, almost all of them have made a very specific choice not to deal with it. They, right. it yes, what's happening is terrible, but we don't get involved. We just mm-hmm. watch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just the coward's but way out. when Frenzy does get involved, what offends them is the fact that he is getting into stepping into this other world that they've just all kind of stepped away from. And and it's kind of hard for us to imagine why that's so offensive until you think about the fact that he's completely, utterly going against their, their worldview and their philosophy of life. But that kind of looks back to the whole protecting thing too. Uh, Sue, when you said that Dumbledore's 
is protecting them? Are you thinking in terms of giving them a place to live in the forest? Is that what you mean? Yes, and, and, and that's why, I mean, that forest is, has always intrigued me. I mean, it just seems to me that it was very striking that that was, you know, students were not, I mean, I get because of the spiders, it's dangerous and stuff, but it just seemed to me that there's something more about that forest and that the fact that those centaurs, I mean, we learned from Umbridge that they can be obviously hostile, but and yet they didn't hurt Harry and Hermione, no, well, they don't. They don't to. hurt foals. Well, manhood. Did they start nearing manhood? Did they start to change their mind? But they don't touch children. It's interesting. That's true. That's, they don't. Yeah. They. They. Yeah. And but but you know it's, it's interesting you talk about the forest just on a, on a somewhat disconnected lighter note. I mean, why build your school next to a forest full of these things? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> it's like like building a school, you know, in the middle of of a you know a tiger pen yeah. at a zoo. <laughs> there isn't even a fence. But it always, it always thing, seemed you know? to me like Hogwarts existed as this huge magical place, and all cre- creatures were in- attracted to this of forest where they could live mm. peacefully. Yeah, yeah that's you know? a nice way of putting it. Yeah, because you don't know yeah. if they were there first. Was were the spiders mm-hmm. there before mm-hmm. Hogwarts came? You know, mm-hmm. that would be that would be. The Acromantula weren't. That's Hagrid imported the Acromantulas. Oh, that's right. That was, that's right. But but the but the centaurs were they living there already? And but I like that idea that that almost like Hogwarts is this magnet like for creatures and things. And well, yeah. they had to have a forest to put them in when they showed up. <laughs> Excuse us, can we stay? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, there's some more magical <laughs> more creatures, creatures outside. At the door. Oh dear. But you know, I mean, it's just like in that first book, though. I keep going back. You know how we're getting towards the end, and we we know that now we have this this last book here, and now we actually have page numbers of book of the book oh. we're going to have. But I mean, I, we you know seven hundred eighty four. But um, all we learn all these creatures that we learned about have actually helped Harry. You know, and I just felt that I was mm-hmm. just disappointed that I didn't get more from the centaurs and haplo prince. That mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping that there would be some sort of another clue or key or something. So I just, I don't. Sure. Well, I think it's, I I can see where you're coming from, Sue, because if you think about the fact that there's a lot of magical creatures, so why, why didn't we see more of hags in book, whatever? It doesn't matter. They're not important, but we can tell centaurs are, they've just been so part of things. And, and this whole idea of forensic, and I guess, I guess maybe they're stepping a little out of the story, but why would she bring a centaur into Hogwarts? I'm talking Joe now. Why would that be an important part of the story? That frenzy would would become a teacher at Hogwarts. What is what is his influence going to matter? You know. Well, to go back to what Sue, I, you know, I think Sue's onto something when she says that. Where did they go in book six? Because yeah, but Joe does this. Mm-hmm. She this is what she does. She skips. She leaves it alone for a while, so that we don't realize yeah. it's still important. But she mm-hmm. she underestimated mm-hmm. yeah. knowing that there'd be podcasts a year from now that would think from when the book yeah. came out <laughs> saying hi. So you're spe- expecting Ludo Bagman to come staggering you know, out of the forest I at some point? Surprised. But that car is coming back, you know, like like oh, yeah. at least for a That's second. A very good you know? point. So, right. so she built them up. There's right. so much centaur in book five. So much centaur. So so much, and then mm-hmm. stopped as mm-hmm. if to say, "Aha! You're waiting for the payout. I'm going to smack it on you when you're not expecting it." You know. And so, mm-hmm, yeah, there yeah. is some sort of big payout coming. Sure. Well, you know, and that's interesting because you wonder who all is going to come out of the forest to fight the final battle. 
Oh, yeah. Is the car going to come come flying Knocking out of nowhere and nail down, you? Opening the doors, you know. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the horn totally. blowing. And <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> that'd be an be awesome scene. I, I can just see that. Yeah, Fluffy, because Fluffy's living in the floor. So here comes a big three-headed dog, and somebody starts. You know, the, the, somebody's whistling. Dog goes to sleep. You know, oh man, the scenes. I can imagine. Wow. So, but you know, centaurs. that's actually. You know, that's actually a good point. I wonder if there is something else about the Hallows out there, or Clue, or something. I don't know. It just seems to me too, too. Too well, big a thing, not in t- times of geography, but there's there's just something more that, that those centaurs are doing out there instead of just wandering around looking at the I stars. I don't know. I just, I, I, you know, I agree with you, Sue, but I will tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, I cannot for the life of me figure out what it's going to be aside from just talking. Well, I think talk. that she has set up yeah. them knowing this 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 mystical thing. Therefore, they they hold mm-hmm. they hold a mystery. It'd be a big fat hanging end. If she didn't explain or 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 present what it is they've been reading this time, when they say in the first book, you know, I hope I'm reading the signs wrong. We've been wrong before. Mars is bright tonight. Always the innocent die first. Mm-hmm. And they seem, you know, and they seem to project. They seem to be looking at Harry like, you know, what's in store for him. This guy, this kid's gonna die. It's almost what they say to him. Right. And right. it seems to mm-hmm. me, in my, I don't know, I don't know. It's just the way the story seems to play out to me in my in my own silly head that. Um, that that will be turned on its head. What's what they've foreseen to happen to Harry will be turned on its head. And when that happens, that's when we'll find out what they expected to happen, which didn't happen. Like some centaur will be surprised. Oh, you, you're not dead. And, you know, and explain, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever, whatever it is. And then they'll all look up. Oh, exactly. Read that wrong. All Dang. right, let's go you know, on. No. <laughs> but, but you know, interesting. Think about that. Will there be a point? And I, I, I always kind of wonder if there's going to be some huge last battle in, in the last book. And if yeah. there is, whether we're going to see everything from the snake to Fluffy come charging out. Well, what about the centaurs? Are they going to finally all kind of look at each other and decide? You know what? This is that moment that mm-hmm. we've been foreseeing for all these centuries. It's time for us to get involved, and all of a sudden, here they'll come. Maybe I got Star well, Wars in my see, head with you know Han Solo flying out of the sun, but that's you know I keep waiting to see you know Grok right. charging out and slaughtering whatever. Oh, and, no, but there's no. something really satisfying, especially for a, a big series like this. There's something really satisfying about this. You have the goblins who are hedging their bets. You have the giants mm-hmm. who are split. Mm-hmm. Or we think you have the you know the mm-hmm. centaurs who are. Are, are holding on to their own prejudices. You have the house elves who mm-hmm. refuse to use their magic right. under their, 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 their ropes of slavery. And there's something hugely satisfying about seeing the big battle scene when all those people just break those bonds and do it for the sake of good, do it for the person, you know, Dumbledore and Harry, the people who stood up for them. Oh, yes. Right. They're kind of the yeah. whole point of the series is the idea of breaking down the barriers. So if that is what together. does it, you know, it would be such a fantastic conclusion. Mm-hmm. All the houses yeah. get together. And it would. When, when all the forces of good get over their little petty animosities and decide to join forces, they right. become unstoppable. Well, that, that that would just be another way of her clever storytelling, another way of her showing the lessons that, you know, you need to, to learn to put aside your differences sometimes. And I just think that that way that you describe so eloquently is, is, is exactly right. I mean, I just think that would be, that would be a really another cool way to symbolize... You know, you have to learn to move beyond that. That's right. Wow. 
Wow, though, I mean, but I just, you know, but I don't know if that, that big battle scene will still be where Harry and Voldemort will have their confrontation, though. No, just, I think there's going to be a big battle scene going on, and Harry and Voldemort sort of are doing their own thing, you know? We'll get to see the big battle, because Harry mm-hmm. will have to, like, obviously tell... Harry, as the character, will have to tell us. But him and Voldemort need to have a moment. <laughs> they need to have a yes, chat. <laughs> yes, they do. He and Snape. Oh, Snape God, I can't well. even think about yeah. that. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh. Oh. It's going to be an interesting oh, moment. It's going to be rock. <laughs> I can't wait. I just can't wait. <laughs> the culmination of everything. No, really? well, okay. I can wait. I can wait another year for this book to come out. Yeah, but the idea yeah. of holding it and reading I've- it and realizing the culmination of these seven books is just, it's, 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 it's hurting my brain to think about. Mm. I don't know how she's going to do an, it. I could wait another year. I got too much work to do on the Lex yeah. now and then. But. <laughs> we feel that pain. But, you know, well, to kind of get back to that, though, I, I, I like what you said before about why he's in Hogwarts, why Bane is still there. And Friends. there's got to be some or, reason you mean, why. You Frenzy. I'm sorry, Friends. Uh, is, is the teacher. I mean, I wonder how the other teachers are reacting to him. We haven't. We didn't really hear much about that, and I was kind of. Then we. I mean, Trelawney. Then she kind of like. Right. She calls him the old nag, but I mean, yeah. Well, that's does 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 he hang out in the teachers' lounge? You know, I mean, what what does he do? I mean, I don't think. I think if it was if it was a big deal, it would have been part of the story. You know, if if you know, it would have been. She would have. It's true. I know. I'm just (laughs) having coffee with his hooves. You know. Um, Right. No. <laughs> I, I can see the little funny picture of him trying not to be obvious if it's, you know, but then if you the him his placement in the castle really could be key because now you have somebody who is so in tune with the other mm-hmm. forces on your side you don't maybe you don't need mm-hmm. all the centaurs you just yeah. got this one guy yeah. who knows and could clue mm-hmm. you in just a little bit mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that could be as opposed to acting like a liaison between the rest mm-hmm. of them out in the forest and saying you guys need mm-hmm. to come help us I mean that you're that's that's so you're th- you're thinking that the that the loose end of Ferenzi being an outcast from the whole society of centaurs and almost killed by them, that loose thread is probably possibly not going to be taking care of us for us. We're going to have to. I don't know. I don't know if it's a loose end. I don't know if it's a loose end. I don't know if it's a loose end to say that he was almost killed by his clan for breaking from them. I don't think that's specifically a loose end. But it's not, there's not information we need to find out there. We know that he was almost kicked out for breaking with them. So now it's a question mm-hmm. of whether his story will be to, to be a liaison and bring, the, and bring you know, them to, to the right side mm-hmm. or for him to mm-hmm. perform a crucial role from inside Hogwarts. And, and that is a, the influential role of a teacher in yeah. this particular case. Or an informant. Well, Interesting how things like you know, some of these threads have come through the books that never would have thought. Divination, for example. Right. Which, you know, was this little joke thing when he was going to start taking divination in book three and it's Trelawney and her teacups and all this. It's, it's just like this joke. But as it turns out, divination, once you get into the second half of the series, becomes a key factor in, you know, the prophecies and all this kind of stuff. I never right. would have guessed that when it came right. popping up in book three and he had to go yeah. by unplugging Divination the is a problem to me, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big problem in her books. I don't mean like a, like a she's done bad work problem. I mean, it's a... It, it presents its own problem. It's saying like things are faded, but the whole all the books are about choices. So it's it's basically presenting this huge mm-hmm. study and all these factors that are trying to tell Harry that this is faded, this is meant to be. And I think the the big divining moment is mm-hmm. going to be proving that divination is you know for the for the birds, you know, or it can help to a certain point, right. but it doesn't mean anything when it comes down to it. You still have the choice. 
you know. That's right. That's right. Harry is going to be looking at at all the things that he's heard and the fact that he's supposedly right. fated to do this like, or oh, fated yeah? to be that. And maybe we're back to the point of he'll make the completely opposite choice that you would expect, and that's mm-hmm. the right choice to make. Give give Voldemort a big hug and <laughs> gone. Yeah. So. He's not going to hug that guy. All oh. consentors. <laughs> yeah. Who to fuck it? That's what's so great about Joe. You just never well, know. And then you. But, but when, we, when, when, when we first started thinking about this, I thought, oh, centaurs, is there anything, you know, what, 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 what are we going to talk about? And then I started thinking about that fountain. And there's so, there's not that many kinds right. of creatures in there. And that's, right. it, those are important. And that one, you know, the, the fountain centaur is the one that protected took part in the battle even so are they gonna take part in the battle are they john noe likes to say oh you know they're gonna be too peaceful or something they're not like peaceful at do they all. seem peaceful to you, are you kidding? they seem a little scary to me they're peaceful like the mafia is peaceful as soon as you you tick them off they're yeah, on you, you. <laughs> you know yeah 50 Seriously, arrows in the face they're, they're goes, fine what? to you unless you tick them off and then that's it you know mm-hmm. yeah. their own squabbles that's very yeah. true peaceful i love the way hagrid yeah. talks to them Ruddy stargazers. <laughs> Not interested in anything yeah, closer than the moon. Stargazers. Yeah. But no, I don't no. think they're peaceful at all. You know, I mean, they carry. They're aloof. They don't care about these trivial because they they seem to be like floating above the human sphere and just all oh, these these trivial humans with their wars. It doesn't matter. We've seen mm-hmm. we've seen the final balance. This mm-hmm. is all trivial. You know. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you think they'll get they'll find themselves sucked into it anyway, or making the decision to go into it anyway? Is that is that the role? I think if their way in? of life gets threatened, they will. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get to a point where they say, "Well, we've got to be involved right. at this point." But do, I, I, you know, I, maybe that's true. But I think of well, I think what would influence them more is if they if they collectively came to the conclusion that this is in fact the moment a, a fate a fated mm-hmm. moment. Where they, as people who are so aware of the future and things like this, they know that now is the moment that they are, in fact, supposed to get involved. Yeah. You know, I think they'd take a lot of convincing. How is she going to tile this up? How? Because to tile this up, Harry has to witness all this. Harry has to be there when the centaurs do this. And Harry has to be there when the elves do that. That's and true. Harry, oh, God, it's going to be a big, tight mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Yep, and the goblins, the goblins and the the, the, goblins. The, the giants. Don't forget the giants, because wow. I really think that Fred Wolf was going to come stomping yeah, into the right. scene. Sure, and then, you know, mm-hmm. I agree with that one. So, well, mm-hmm. I think it's time for the wrap-ups. You think? Mm-hmm. Well, I would conclude that you know both Melissa and Sue are brilliant, and everything that they said is correct. That's a cop out. Um, <laughs> realistically <Yeah>. speaking, <laughs> I think I think the centaurs are going to. And I'm not necessarily talking about Forenzi's role because I'm not sure how that fits in. But I think the centaurs in general uh, have to be involved because of the fact that they are one of the key magical species which we see from the fountain. And the way that I think that they'll be involved is that they will determine at some point that the fated moment has arrived when they should get involved, when they should take sides. And they will do something, whether it's join the battle or whatever, give Harry a key piece of arcane information. Whatever it is, they will decide that now is the moment to step forward and or, you know, march forward or gallop forward, gallop yeah. forward and Trot. take their take their stand. John. And say now is the time for all good men, but all they're good, not men. Good so, half yeah. men. Yeah. So that's that's my conclusion. That's where I think it's at. I think mm-hmm. that Firenze will provide some piece of information um, to. 
Harry and Hogwarts and this, but you know, whatever. He'll be he'll be an ultimate ally. But I think that I'm going to agree with Steve that eventually the centaurs are going to have to um, draw bows and probably egged on because of something Dumbledore did that makes them feel allegiance where they where they don't feel allegiance to anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's as far as I'm willing to go there. Well, yeah, because I'm sorry, I know I've already concluded, but I forgot to mention this. It always struck me as interesting that that Dumbledore Mm -hmm. could walk into the forest and come back with Umbridge without a scratch. Right, Dumbledore. You know, so he does have some connection with those with those centaurs. But anyway, I'm sorry. Well, that's what my 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 thing is that I think that they they have been the role in book seven is because. I found that their absence in book six was very striking. And I, to me, I think it was because of Dumbledore and they were actually have something to do with the Deathly Hallows and they've been actually helping. There's a reason that Dumbledore helped protect them so much and then they have been helping him all along. So I think that's what their role is going to be is to help Harry and this having to do specifically with the Deathly Hallows things in the forest. Does that make any sense? Tons. Yeah. So you're saying that, that some of the Deathly Hallows are hidden away in the forest? Well, and maybe not hidden in the forest, but I think they have a very strong. There's something to do with it, whether it's a clue, or possibly a a, a, a clue to the. I don't know if that they're all in the forest, but there's something about that forest and the, them being in the forest has to do with the Deathly Hallows. I don't know. I can't. I go back and forth in that. So. All right. Well, this has been canon conundrums on what the centaurs are going to be up to. Send us your ideas. Why yeah. don't we start reading people's reactions? Um, what they think. Oh, that'd be cool. at, at the end of these at the end of these canon conundrums send us what you think um staff at podcast.com we'll read it next time do we have any idea what our topic is going to be next time <sighs> no <laughs> I don't think it's a busy so. time for all of us it. right now guys <laughs> yeah we'll let yeah. you know on podcast.com spring break is coming up not for me spring break is coming up oh man yeah florida here i come <laughs> Ooh, that'll be fun that makes one of us yeah not not me <laughs> okay guys it's me i'm good until next okay. time okay all right ciao Bye. Take care. Bye. Hello. Welcome to Scribby 5. This is Susan. I'm one of the co-coordinators of Scribulus, the premier essay project here at the Leaky Cauldron. And I'm here with two of our wonderful editors, Sloan. Hello, everybody. And Melissa. Hey there. This is a new segment for Pottercast where we talk about Scribulus and all the wonderful ideas that get expressed in our essays. But first, more importantly, Sloan is here to tell us how to get to Scribulus. Thanks, Susan. Well, there's so many ways you can get to Scribulus. Um, just go on the Leaky Cauldron site, and on the f- page to your right, there's a little scroll, a Scribulus scroll. You can click on that. It's yellow, right? Right. It's like a parchment-looking scroll, and that takes you to the essays. Or you can go on the left side of the screen. There's a link um, that says Essays that takes you to Scribulus. Or, alternatively, you can also go to www.scribulus.com, and that takes you directly to Scribulus as well. That's very simple. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready to discuss the essays... Which, of course, you will want to. Which, of course. (laughs) That's a given. Yes. How could you not? At the end of each essay, at the bottom of the page, there's a link that takes you to the discussion forums. Or, uh, if you go on the Leaky Lounge, we also have our own section that gets you into the forums to discuss the essays and that's on cauldron's corner i believe as yes. the schoolist project right. and you can you can leave us messages there to suggest new essay calls or comment on anything sure. um, ask questions things like that 
Okay, and to show you, to give you some idea of the kind of essays that we have, uh, Melissa has prepared uh, to talk about one of our essays from the March issue. Melissa? Yes, I have. Um, the one we chose to discuss today is called Madam Pence, Is She Really Eileen Prince? by Pam2002. And I have to admit, I'd heard this theory before mm -hmm. and I could never quite buy into it, but when I read Pam's essay, I sort of had a light bulb moment and it, it made a lot more sense to me then. Um, and basically, the theory is that Madam Pence is Snape's mother in hiding, and she's a librarian at Hogwarts. And um, part of the argument behind this is that there were pieces taken out of the second book, Chamber of Secrets, because they were giving too much information away. And right. that Joe has said that. Yes. Uh -huh. And one suggestion for what that could be is that Irma Pence is an anagram for. I'm a prince, right? which would make some sense because um, anagrams, of course, are a big part of the plot in that book. Of book two. So, right. Definitely. And she's about the right age for. Definitely. To be. Right. Snape's mother. Um, the theory is that she was put into hiding when Snape changed sides. Of course, this is assuming um, that the Snape loyalists out there are correct. And... <laughs> Much like... Um, or maybe even not, just that he appeared to change sides at Dumbledore. Right. So. This is true. So, that's the basis for this idea. And what suggests that, Sloan? <laughs> oh, well, the part of the essay that kind of made me stop and think was um, when she discusses what Dumbledore says on the tower in Half-Blood Prince. When Draco is there, and Draco's been sent to kill him... Um, and Draco says, he told me to do it or he'll kill me, meaning, of course, Lord Voldemort. Who else? Of course. <laughs> and Dumbledore counters with, and I quote, he cannot kill you if you're already dead. Come over to the right side, Draco, and we can hide you more completely than you can possibly imagine. What is more, I can send members of the Order to your mother tonight to hide her likewise. See, your mother. Mm. Ah. So possibly another person who went came over from the dark side mm -hmm. also got his mother hidden. Exactly. It gives you that it sort of gives you the idea that he's done that before almost, you know, or why why would how would he know right. how completely we can hide people's mothers? Um so that because Prince Pence is so so confusing. <laughs> it is, I know. <laughs> it's But if there was some kind of secret keeper thing, then then really no one could Nope. Well, that's kind of the crux of the theory, I think, because what y you ask, okay, maybe it's an anagram and maybe it's a, all this, but what's the motivation for keeping her there as a librarian? So that really points the, to the motivation. Well, you you keep people at, at Hogwarts to keep them safe. Right, exactly. Right. It's a safe haven. And there's also the thing, once somebody asked Joe if, if Hogwarts staff, faculty had family members, and she said she couldn't say. Mm-hmm. So... It, it might have been for something like that. Well, and we know how important the, the characters, the, their relationships to their mother or family are in the books. You know, like we've, uh, we've gotten to know even Voldemort's mother, and that's under, helped us understand his motivations. So it's almost like we're... Right. Of course, Harry's mother, Draco's mother. Of course, Molly Weasley. There's so many mother references, but... Mothers, yeah, right. and so it almost makes sense that we would get to know Snape's mother in some way. So it could be. Definitely. Could be. And that... That brings us also to my favorite part of the essay, where Pam discusses an augury, mm -hmm. which is an Irish bird that is, it's a phoenix, but it looks more like a vulture. 
And Pam points out that the vulture is a symbol for a mother goddess in Egypt. Again with the mother. Exactly. And Madame Pence is described as looking like a vulture, right? As is Snape, which is a pretty interesting Mm -hmm. connection. She chooses, Joe chooses her words very wisely. And for her to use that description for two different people seems a little maybe transparent. Um, She also combines some great quotes from Fantastic Beasts in this. And that's what sort of made the connection so real to me, talking about this augury. And one of the things that connects to Fantastic Beasts is that the augury only leaves its nest if there's a heavy rain about. And Pam points out that the only time we see Pence outside of the library is at Dumbledore's funeral. So it's not literal when rain. The tears are flowing. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty strong argument. Yeah. Definitely. So could be, huh? Definitely possible. And it's kind of doe-like symbolism, you know. It sounds it sounds plausible. I think so. I could buy it. But if if you don't like that argument, we have many, many other essays in Scribulus with many other arguments. Right now, what's coming next is our April first issue, which of course will come out April first, April Fool's Day, and that's going to be kind of special because we're relaxing ourselves a little bit and allowing our theories to be more wild and wacky. Still, they have to be supported by canon and logical argument, but. Uh, could be a little bit more out there. They're a lot of fun. I can't wait for these. I can't wait. I know. (laughs) And then our next two calls, our our call that's due April 1st, is your chance to write shipping essays because our call is on love, romance, and shipping in Harry Potter. And due on May 1st, we have the call for character analyses. And these are some of my favorite essays where you just get really in-depth with one character. Right. Also, we should remind people that you can submit an essay on any topic at any on time. Any, that's absolutely. The calls are a suggestion, not definitely not a demand. Right. And we will publish anything as long as it meets our guidelines and we think it's great. So yeah. send them on in. All right. Well, I think our time is up. So thanks very much. And we'll see you next Pottercast. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. Bye. And we're back. We got a short, tight little show this I week. I wonder why that is. <laughs> hmm, let's think. <laughs> could anybody have affected the length of this show? Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. Who could it be? Could it be random hmm. randomness? <sighs> no, we miss him. We miss you, John. We do. I know. I'm not laughing as much. Sorry. I'm gathering the audience isn't laughing yeah, as much <laughs> Sorry. Stink. Sorry. No, it's just, you know, John just... Yes, he remember. does. Anyway, anyway, anyway. At the end of the show, we always do our little yes. MySpace messages. So let's let's remind you, if you friend us on MySpace and let us know that you've done so and put it, that you've put us in your top friends on your MySpace, we will give us a shout out, give you a shout out. Now, for some reason, half of these got a little messed up this week. So if, if you're missing this week, don't worry. Yes. You'll come back next week. But this week's messages are... The Marvelous Eric Plays with Squirrels Matthews. April, Andrew, Zach, Anthony, 910 Joe. Kate Lestrange, Megan, M, Ritika, Anthony, Amanda, Hunter, MC, Regina. <laughs> I'm saving one of these for last. Poblona, Stuffed Donkey, and okay. I can't even, I don't, I don't even know if I can say this. I think they're doing mm-hmm. this just to mess with us, but it is Looney, Loopy, Luna, Lovegood, Lunatic Lover, Loathes, Lily. No way, Jose, sister, no way. <laughs> Looney, loopy, Luna, love good, lunatic lover, loves Lily. Ah, wow, wow. See, and you're a New Yorker, and you can talk fast, and I can't. I that was that was hard. That was <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the New Yorker thing is. I don't think talking fast is endemic to New Yorkers. I think it's really? just my family. Is it? It's Italian. I think it's Italian. Though, so. 
you gotta talk. You gotta. You gotta. There's so many loud people in your, in your family that you have to talk really fast. And you gotta <laughs> use your hands. You gotta be very demonstrative to let people know that you're talking. Otherwise, yeah, you don't get that's hurt. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love Italian families, so that's wonderful. So that, but that's funny. big Italian families. Let me tell you how exciting I'm getting for oh, okay. Phoenix Rising. Oh, exciting. <laughs> so excited. I can, honestly, our live podcast is going to be mm-hmm. awesome. I've been talking with uh, Wampy. His name is Matt, but we're going to call him Wampy. Um, <laughs> the Wamping Willows and, and Brian on email. We've been talking about what we're going to do. And basically, they're doing acoustic sets that they don't usually uh-huh. do because because they don't. <laughs> because they don't and they're going to be debuting or I don't know about debuting but but doing some of their new stuff from their new albums that are coming out some of their EP stuff and it's really exciting and we 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 can't wait I'm excited to having like little musical interviews in our podcast at at Phoenix Rising and we're going to go out and work at Habitat for Humanity we're also if you haven't I'm going to be doing I I never announced this I'm terrible self-promoter I'm going to be giving or being part of a keynote presentation on the Saturday of the, of the 19th right. that weekend. At, uh, it's called the Transformation Fan to Fandom panel. If you haven't signed up, it's $50 and you have like, there's like, it's at this huge aquarium and there's a big mm-hmm. dinner and there's um, myself and Jenny from the Sugar Quill and somebody from Fiction Alley. And um, it's going to be also Henry Jenkins, who is an expert on culture and media and moderated by a, a professor. At I think she's a professor, Catherine Tosenberg. And we're going to be talking about how this fandom basically came to be, which is exactly my book. Right. So, you know, it's funny. That's cool. It's kind of like a sneak peek then into what you're writing about. I don't know. I think this will be probably a little bit more academic than we, well, no, it'll be fun and everything, but it's not, I think my, the book will be a little bit more anecdotal than this panel. This panel will be more kind of commentary, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Well, there's going to be a lot of interesting things going on in panels. All around that week, so that'd be cool. Oh, that's right. We ha- oh, how could I forget? On on see on 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 Saturday, we're also doing a me, you, and John are doing a panel on how to become a fan podcaster. Right. We're also doing a panel on uh, fan yes, journalism, be fun. which which will be a great time. So we can tell you how 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 things happen around Leaky, why things happen the way yeah, they do. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. So that'd be a lot of fun because that's you know, me too. So. I can't wait to go to all and see everybody again. I had such fun at Lumos, and and I'm just looking forward to just seeing everybody. I mean, just I know it sounds so stupid, but I just yeah. love being around the, everybody, all the fans, and just I mean, not just Leaky staff too, because there's going to be a lot of us down there too, which will rock. So, mm-hmm. no, the the live atmosphere. This is what I love about the concerts and the podcasts and everything. The live atmosphere cannot be you can't beat it. There's no way, you know. And yeah. so and so it's it's it's, it's awesome good. to see everybody running around all their different you know, attire and all your robes and all the different cool stuff. It's so much fun. I love it. Love it. Well, it feels like that's going to basically start the summer and then it's going to be the summer, the craziest <laughs> summer ever from that moment on. <laughs> yeah, um, we can pretty much say that. Yeah, I think so. And it's going to be awesome. Potter awesome. rules the world, baby. It's going to be great. July, especially. I mean, between the movie and the and the, and the book release, I just think, I, I don't know. I hate them for doing this stuff, <laughs> I have to say. Warner Brothers, Scholastic, Bloomsbury, all you people. Yeah, love you and everything for bringing this to us. La, 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 la. You want to kill yes, us. Yes, you do. You really Evil do. Because <laughs> the weeks before a movie and the weeks, and especially the weeks before the book, are the most psychotic weeks you can possibly imagine. And now you've put them both in the same. I mean, if you, if you, if you guys are in New York or Detroit or Miami and you walk by like, like, like melted, molten pools of people, <laughs> that's probably me, John or Sue. That's right. You know? 
that's what's gonna happen. You see, you see the headline: this crazy woman in Gryffindor outfit goes crazy down the streets and in Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. There she is. <laughs> exactly on shoe shopping yes. frenzy because that's like it therapy is. you it know is. Shh, don't reveal our secrets <laughs> how can i forget no be- because seriously because the phone starts ringing off the hook the emails start coming in like crazy the leaks start coming in like crazy the movie images and stills oh. and and the, then the kids are on movie are on televisions all the time so we're always putting video clips up and it, i mean it is going to be completely ludicrous um thanks warner brothers love you babe <laughs> oh uh, well mr noe though i mean you know this has been a fun cast but i miss john i miss john but this is a little cast we can do a nice little quiet one and then he'll be back raucously you know i just listened to the ones that you got the one that you guys did with oh, yeah, carlos yeah and i have to say the idea that dementors the naked dementors who can walk through walls yeah been with I me know, all week see? and we were i, I know, hate you we're, we're sorry we're pretty good i mean <laughs> see the problem is with john and i we kind of go and I was I was really proud of ourselves. I thought we did pretty pretty contained because we have a habit of kind of as you know <laughs> kind of going to little places yeah. we shouldn't probably go. But yeah. see, that's why I'm I'm really glad that the editors edit because <laughs> there's some things that are yeah there's some stuff that that will never <laughs> never ever ever yeah, get heard. But, that, but that interview was awesome. I can't wait for that movie. Is it July yet? Is it July? No, it can it cannot be July for a while. I'm okay really? with that. Okay. I don't want it to be July yet. No, I don't want this book out yet. I'm I can't I can't fathom, I can't imagine this all being done with the books. Oh horrible. It's not gonna be over. It's not gonna be over. Just not over, but this extraordinary time is just slipping away. I know. Ooh. You must did you hear that? Like I just I know there were almost somebody, but I just wanted to ask you. When you were out with the with the the bands did you hear that was that like the constant comment that you heard you can't believe that it's coming yeah it, it was it was there a lot <laughs> everybody was like can you believe it's the summer you know and we just stand there and commiserate but the the thing with the bands is that they make you feel so good that <laughs> that you forget about all that it's like oh yeah yeah by the end of the night you're like yeah bring it on book seven right here tomorrow we're done yeah harry potter's ending yeah. you know that's how you feel at the end, at the end, of, <laughs> at the end of one of those shows <laughs> Oh, so fun. If I really look on, well, look on like, um, oh, Wizrocklopedia is a yeah. great site. Um, w- um, Wizrocklopedia.com does a lot of, a lot of reporting. You can tell where any, where any show, uh, is going to be. So if there's a show in, of any sort in your area, even if you don't think much of the music, you, you really will think differently after you see this stuff live. It's a whole different experience. So awesome. Oh. All right. Well, I think it's time we shuffle Mosey on out of here. Skidoo, gallop, trot, run, fly out of here. That'd be one thing I'd love to do. Go for a Quidditch lesson. I want that. So I can fly. Yeah. I'd like the invisibility cloak. That's me. That's me with my sneaky journalist ways. Yeah. I'm going to fly. I'm going to go play Quidditch. That'd be fun. Play on the Hufflepuff team. That'd be rocking. Hey, let me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe on that note, I better be quiet before I start talking about. What position would you be? Oh, I'd want to be a chaser. Although I thought about, about being okay. a beater might be fun, but I don't know. I'm not into the violence thing, so I don't know. Just, just zoom around. Seriously, what Hufflepuff would be a good beater? You know, that's probably, that's an issue for us. It really is. <laughs> I bet you the beating stinks yeah. on the Hufflepuff that's team. That's probably why we, we don't always do so well. <laughs> I bet you they just don't even bother putting the bludgers up during those games. <laughs> I'm like, well, forget it. Hufflepuff's not going to use these. It's not fun. Hey, we can get tough if we have to. <laughs> Hippie pacifist you house. Know, but we just, we. Tree huggers. <laughs> 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 Tree huggers. 
That's like from Pottercast 4, yeah. you know, or something. <laughs> oh, well, you know, wow. just win on pure skill. That's it. Not violence. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're always last. But, you know, hey, well, we try. We try. Go Hufflepuff. All right, I'll be good. <laughs> oh, You're a one-woman PR machine. It's hilarious. Oh, I have to say this real quickly. I, someone made me Hufflepuff pajamas. Can I just say... <laughs> It is the coolest thing in the world, but, you know, I tried to take a picture of it, but, you know, my butt is not exactly small. But she may. Oh, so, it's true. So, it's so cool. They're yellow. Stop it's yellow. it. They're yellow with the word Hufflepuff on it. I'm just like, come on, WB. There you go. Someone did this from their class project. Yeah, I know. There you go. Rocks. I know. <laughs> this is what the fans are resorting to. Class project. Come on. Somebody also sent me anonymous coffee. Really? <laughs> The- Completely anonymous Starbucks coffee. I was, That's I was. Awesome. They, they went to pains not to put their address on the thing. There was a note inside with no signature, but it was like, here, have some coffee. I said that. That's the best anonymous gift. To it ever. is. That's rocking. I mean, we can all use caffeine. That's brilliant. So, whoever you are, thank you for the caffeinated gift. You make this podcast possible. Yes, yes. it's true. <laughs> That's so cool, man. One day I'll be in a Nescafe commercial or something. <laughs> Nescafe. That'd be hilarious. I could just see you in there. That'd be actually pretty cool. Or one of those things where, like, you open up a thing, you go, <sighs> like the smoke's coming out of the. Just go. You're wasting time. Okay, we we are we are clearly oh, yes, getting out of okay. here right now. Let's go get some of that coffee. I'll have some. Okay, thanks everyone. Have a good week. Bye, Bye. guys. Have a wonderful week. Toby <laughs> is. Oh, and about time too. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) 